Yo, what is going on, people? Welcome to WrestleBuzz Radio. Today is Wednesday, September 27th, and we have a lot of wrestling to talk about. There are so many things that have happened over the last week, whether it's AEW and Grand Slam. We got the new WWE news with releases, unfortunately, but then, you know, signings of other stars. I mean, it's incredible what we've seen over the last week. A lot to talk about today. As always, we are WrestleBuzz. We have various podcasts on here on this format. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus for a lot of our main shows, but we hope to eventually come back. But in the meantime, we're uh, we're doing these uh, WrestleBuzz radio segments where we still get to talk about current day wrestling, you know, just get that fix in. We know there's some people that have been, you know, hoping and waiting to hear our opinions, which is still wild to think about. But yeah, we're here to do that. So you can always follow us on Twitter at WrestleBuzz. Um, yeah, and uh, on Instagram as well, WrestleBuzz. Uh, I think on Twitter, though, it's with three Zs. Am I correct? Yeah, I think I. I think I am. WrestleBuzz with three Zs. There you go. Um, anywho, yeah, we're talking about WWE, AEW stuff that has happened over the last week. Um, of course, uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you want, JoeBro316. You can also follow uh, Project Kayfabe. That's my podcast. That's my content-related stuff within the wrestling world. That's at Project underscore Kayfabe on Twitter and on Instagram. Last week was AEW Grand Slam. Grand Slam number three. And I waited until the very last moment to get myself a ticket. Because not going to lie, I was looking at ticket prices. I didn't do the pre-sale like I normally do. A lot of the people I normally could go with just couldn't go. Then they were busy. So I'm like, all right, maybe I don't do pre-sale. Who knows? I've been in a mixed bag of how I feel about wrestling over the last couple of months. It just hasn't been hitting the same for me. I know some people will be like, oh, WWE is amazing right now. AEW shit or vice versa. And both of them for me are just not really hitting. So I was like, oh, wait. To the very last minute to get my ticket, and I kind of advise that for you. If uh, if you ever thought about going to a wrestling show on your own, I had a really good time. Believe it or not, I, I've been to a few indie shows on my own. Uh, Hog, uh, to name the to be the one that I've been to the most on my own, and I went to a GCW show on my own. Um, it's great when you can go to a show on your own, but you actually know people. And when it's a big show like AEW Grand Slam, the atmosphere is what I really decided to go with. And because I wanted to see Kingston win the belt, and that's exactly what I got. It was dope. I will say I waited until like uh, about 7.38, 7.40. I got a ticket from the box office. It was $28. Uh, not, a bad, not a bad price at all because originally tickets were going for like... 80 90 100 110 for like the the upper seat so i'm like all right we'll do this and i'm happy i ended up walking around and, and just hanging out with a bunch of people i knew so i never i never really sat in my seat but hey i'm young and i'm still spry enough that it doesn't matter if i'm walking around i walk in my easies and i feel comfy so if you ever want to go to a big show and some people uh you can't go with people just still do it I, I suggest it. I had a great time. I was wearing a yellow windbreaker, and a lot of people thought I worked for there. So I was getting away with just doing my own thing, and um, that was fucking cool. But uh, we'll go over the car real quick just to talk about how I felt about everything. Of course, like I said, I went on my own. I hang out with people, so I highly recommend it. If you ever feel like just hitting up a show on your own, do it. Why not? If you know people there, that's great. If you want to know people, you could, but wrestling fans are a bit weird. So I kind of stay away from people I don't know. 
Um, but they started the show, and I was wondering because I was thinking, I'm like, yo, they should main event Eddie Kingston and Claudio double titles. Just what a moment it would be. But my boy Chris was like, they're probably gonna open the show with it, and he wasn't wrong. 15 minute match, Eddie Kingston, Claudio, just the atmosphere for that match. I mean, Claudio came out, it was real cool, but people were chanting for Eddie before he even came out. Eddie deserved this win. I mean, it's incredible that he is now the double champ, the ROH champ, the New Japan Strong champ. There's uh, some guy in the Discord or, or in on, on Paper Champ, and this person was not happy with Eddie Kingston winning. I don't know what Eddie Kingston did to them, but I feel like you got to just believe in Eddie. Eddie has that authentic feel about him that, like, he's the same person in and out of the ring. He keeps it real, and I respect that. I fucking I fuck with that a lot. And I was so fucking happy to see Eddie Kingston get this win. To think this man was almost fucking homeless, had to sell all his wrestling, uh, like, fucking shit just so he could maybe get, like, a 9-5 to because he thought wrestling was going to be over for him. And then he cut that promo at IWC and got the chance to, uh, yeah, IWC, whatever. And he got the chance to go against Cody for the TNT title. And then, boom, he's now been with the company and just re-signed a multi-year deal. The story behind Eddie Kingston is just dope as fuck. And I'm so happy that Eddie is getting his chance. Double champ, he, of course, he said that, the you know, this isn't over. The work's not done because he wants to be the AEW champ. I thought it would be cool if MJF at some point would lose the title to uh, Eddie Kingston. But right now, he's uh, MJF is a face, believe it or not. So I, I'd still wrap my head around that one. It makes a great face. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But hey, Eddie, double champ. I fuck with it a lot. Then we had Chris Jericho go against Sammy Guevara. <laughs> that was my pee break. That was my break to go walk around and hang out with people. After I heard Judas, I'm like, all right, I'm good. Cool that Sammy Guevara came out with the guy that does his song. So that went pretty cool to see that. And then he was rocking the WrestleMania gear that Chris Jericho had at, uh, what, WrestleMania 19? And uh, he turned on Jericho after the end. So I going into this, I'm like, oh, Jericho is going to lose, and he's going to put Sammy over. No, he wins, and then they pull the WrestleMania 19 spot with Shawn Michaels. I thought that was fucking beautiful. It was done so well. Sammy Guevara is now a part, a part of the Don Callis family, which is kind of just wild that, you know, He's been going from staple to staple to staple, you know, from Inner Circle, Jericho Appreciation Society, to now the Don Callis family. Who knows what this does for Sammy Guevara, but Sammy Guevara is a way better heel than face. You just look at this guy and you want to punch him. Like, don't make him a face. He Like, they tried to make him a face. They didn't really work out well. Uh, I don't know. It worked out to what it could work out to. I just don't agree with Sammy as a face. I think he's a tremendous wrestler. I just don't look... I look at him and I don't want to like him. And it, and that's what they got to work on. And I am happy that's what they're doing there. Um, then we had uh, the AEW International title match. John Moxley, Ray Phoenix. A lot of controversy behind this one. Just because Mox comes out of this match possibly concussed. I was, you know... First of all, the biggest surprise before the concussion was like, whoa... Ray Phoenix won this match. Did not think that was going to happen. And then, of course, there was the concussion that may or may not have been happening. Moxley getting dropped on his head twice. A lot of people are out for blood on Rick Knox, which, you know, 
a lot of people, like, it's hard to speak on something like this when you're not in the ring ever. You know, if wrestlers were talking about Rick Knox, I get it. But you got your casual fans, your fucking virgin smarks out here just fucking trying to think that they know what's going on. But I do think, yeah, John Moxley was dropped on the top of his head twice. Um, a lot of people were asking me because I was at the show. They are like, yo, what's going on? Give us some updates. And Moxley was, um, you know, once... Uh, the bell rang. He was down and out. He was, you know, what you look like is selling, but he's not really going anywhere. So you could definitely tell he's fucking dazed as fuck from being dropped on his head twice. You know, they cut to a promo that's happening on, you know, in the back. So you just got the screens playing it. It's dark around the ring. Uh, Taz kind of like steps out from commentary to try and check on Mox from the, you know, from the ring apron. Apparently Renee was like kind of like peeking through from the entrance ramp. Um, a lot of people were worried. I mean, I was there too. I'm like, yo, he's not really moving that much. Is he okay? Like, anytime something like that happens, I'm like, God, we don't need a stone cold thing. I mean, I hope I hope he's okay. No broken neck or anything. Mox was able to walk on his own. You know, a lot of people were happy for that. I was just like, whoa. And then afterwards, you know, checking back on Twitter the night that night and just looking the night after, a lot of people were saying, I think Mox was dazed when Phoenix jumped off the ramp and landed on him, and it looks like he hit his uh, his head against the uh, hit his head against the floor outside. You know, a lot of people, like I keep saying, they're like, "Yo, this is all Rick Knox's fault." Fuck Rick Knox. Don't uh, let's not forget when Alex Reynolds was fucking dropped and passed out, uh, knocked out in the middle of the ring a couple of years ago. Um, and then for things like that, it's like, you know, it's hard to really say, like I said, you're not a fucking wrestler, so you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then also like if a wrestler is still continuing and you know, the ref is in there they need to kind of like stop the wrestler from doing shit that they don't want to do. But if the wrestler's like, Hey, I'm fine. I'm good. Like you, it's hard to tell. It's one of those lines that's hard to fucking walk because you don't know what's going on. They say they're okay, but are they okay? You know? And you know, hopefully John Moxley is good. It seems like, you know, like I said, he walked out on his own. People checked on him in the back. There's photos that went around where he was at, like, I guess a trailer. And you see TK, you see um, Renee, you see, like, one or two other people just checking on him. And he seems to be doing okay. I mean, afterwards, I believe Fightful Sean Rossap was like, yeah, like, he's good. He didn't go home. But Adam Cole went to the hospital. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, AEW Women's World Title Match, Soraya versus Tony Storm. Um, this one was a little short one. It was the shortest match on the card, and uh, Soraya won. I was kind of expecting that. I didn't expect Tony Storm to win. If anything, I was expecting maybe a return from Jamie Hayter. I was wearing my Mercedes Monet shirt just in case she pops up, but you know what? She could very much show up at Wrestle Dream this weekend. But. Soraya gets the win. I'm just very impressed with the Tony Storm presentation. She's really good with this, you know, old school Hollywood Marilyn Monroe type beat that she's rocking with right now. I think she's doing amazing character work. Soraya is fair. I, I think it's crazy that a lot of people have turned on her. I know a lot of people aren't happy with her. A lot of it is, you know, in, pa in part to the people she aligns herself with, you know, in relationships. So she has poor judgment let's just put it that way and you know a lot of people are hating on her for that uh people are gonna hate and you know what i'm just happy that she can wrestle because at one point we never thought she would and at one point she was one of the hottest things in women's wrestling so it's good to see that she's out here she's the champ she beat tony storm 
I don't see anyone taking this belt from her until possibly Jamie Hayter returns or, you know, there's a lot of money in a mercedes Monet soraya match, especially because mercedes Monet was the one to, you know, kind of put her on the shelf back in WWE. So I'm interested to see there. And then one more match to go through, and then um, I'll quickly just touch on Rampage. Uh, MJF versus Samoa Joe went crazy. I am kind of fucking pissed that I waited so long to look at the merch table that when MJF came out rocking that Mets better than you, baby shirt, I was like, I need that. I left in the middle of the match just to try and go, and they're like, oh, yeah, we sold out in the first hour. I'm like, shit, man. And, of course, they're not going to restock it on Pro Wrestling Tees. It's one of those shirts. you got to be there to get it. But, man, that was a really good match. MJS, Mojo, all this stemming from, you know, the issue that they had all the way back when, you know, Mojo was an XT and MJF was just a little rookie trying to become something. But I think they put on an amazing match. MJF almost lost, it looked like, but we did get Adam Cole to help him out. And Adam Cole fucking tweaked his ankle when running off the ramp. That's what sent him to the hospital. Came out of the hospital apparently in crutches. But the word is that the match at Wrestle Dream should still be happening. He probably just tweaked his ankle enough that, like, you know, maybe he's okay. But you never know if ankle injuries. You don't want to fuck someone up, like, you know, like in football or shit like that. Especially because, you know, they need it. So maybe we'll hear something different come tomorrow. Well, today on uh, Dynamite. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah. I'd say Grand Slam, just Dynamite Grand Slam. That was really good compared to the other cards from previous years, as I mentioned. You know, it lacks some things. Like, we didn't get a Brian Danielson. Um, of course, with no Adam Cole actually wrestling, that was a little bit disappointing to me. Um, the hole that, M- that Mr. CM Punk has left, it still kills me. Uh, no Elite on the Dynamite card, but we did get him on the Rampage, which was worth uh, sticking around for Rampage, because not going to lie, I was kind of interested in leaving, but they did have that match with the uh, uh, Hung Bucks going against uh, the uh, Embassy, the Mogul Embassy for the titles, and then they put Jeff Hardy on the card, the Hardy Boys were there, I'm like, alright, I guess I'm sticking around. Um, oh yeah, before, the uh, in between while they're getting ready for the next show for Rampage, because two hour Rampage, ooh, just hit my mic, two hour Rampage, I was like, sheesh, that's going to be so much to watch. Um, MJF was like, you motherfuckers better show up early next year because I did so much PR for this show that my mouth hurts from talking. <laughs> and that's funny to hear from MJF. Because, yeah, um, it came out that this was the uh, largest show that AEW has done where tickets were bought the day of. So many tickets were bought the day of. A lot of people were saying, yo, this show is going to be fucking empty. There's a, you know, AEW's having an issue now selling tickets recently. A lot of people are wishy-washy with the show, and I agree. You know, I'm normally someone that tries to defend all pro wrestling to a certain extent especially aw because it has a special place in my heart for making me want to care about wrestling again but the show actually wasn't as empty as you were going to think it would have been before you know when the numbers were first originally showing it there didn't seem like it would have been you know it didn't meet the numbers as the first grand slam or the second one but when I was looking around, I'm like, okay, there's actually still quite a good amount of people when I was in the uh, Arthur Ashe. Uh, if anything, the only spot that were really, really open, but not too much, was like the 300 section. But it's the 300 sections. You're going to expect that's going to be a head thing. But they sold those tickets for dirt cheap, and people did show up. Um, the only real spots that you would see that were, there's like, besides that in the 300 section was the areas that were near, like, the actual, like, um... Like, in the 300 sections where the, like, 
Titantron and all that shit would be. Like, the staging stuff, of course, there was some emptiness around there and any section that was open around it. So, anywho. And then AW Rampage, all I want to really highlight, crazy <laughs> that the Hung Bucks did walk away at the gold. I did not think that was going to happen. I thought, you know... Sir, uh, Swerve was going to cause distraction and cost him the match, but they did not. <laughs> I mean, he did show up, but it didn't matter. Um, the Darby Allen and Sting match was another match I really wanted to see. Uh, Darby Allen and Sting against Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Um, it was okay. It was just cool to see Sting and Christian, to be honest. I don't care for Darby Allen. And I think he has cool matches, but the person I hear sucks. So, yeah. Um, and then it uh, was cool, you know, for your boy Joey. The Righteous did win the number one contender match to face MJF and Adam Cole at Wrestle Dream. So that was cool to see. Um, Julia Hart was crazy. She did a nice match with Sky Blue, which was also cool. And then, of course, like I said, the Elite ended up winning the fucking titles. That was kind of crazy. Did not expect that. And then, of course, we did get a Kenny Omega appearance when he came in to save uh, Mr. Chris Jericho <laughs> from the um don Callis family and the one thing i will also add on to this it is crazy the amount of booze someone can get someone also mentioned before like i don't believe that dominic mysterio gets as many booze as he does i don't believe it's that loud it can't be i can say from experience if it's anything like what i just experienced with don Callis. don Callis was speaking and i could barely barely hear him in this arena and, and mind you arthur ash stadium uh, whatever you want to call it, Arthur Ashe was filled, but not to the same levels as it was previous years. And people left the course when Grand Slam started. That just happens. It's a late night. I could not hear Don Callis at all during certain parts when he's trying to cut a promo in the middle of the ring because they're booing the shit out of him. I thought that was sick. That was so cool. So um, I want to be there for a Dom Dom uh, boo at some point. But anywho. AW Grand Slam, not a bad show, just not as exciting in pre as previous years. Nothing will ever top the uh, the um, what's it called? The Brian Danielson Kenny Omega opener for the first Grand Slam, just incredible. AW, I really hope they get their shit together because I believe you know wrestling is good if both companies are going at their best right now. And right now we're seeing that AW suffering a bit. You know, I just feel like. A lot of it is I, you know, originally grew into the idea of really liking how AEW puts on really good professional wrestling matches, but then there's a lot of, there's a lot lacking in the story department. Like they got stories going on when they're doing it, they're doing it well. Like the stuff with Adam Cole, MJF leading up to them tag teaming to get the ROH titles. And then of course leading to all out, um, all in. That was really good storytelling. From the beginning to where we're at now, it's been really good. Involving the whole kingdom, Roderick Strong stuff has been really good. They they know how to make stories. They just don't know how to do it on a consistent basis because I feel like there's certain things that lack. Maybe we'll get some stuff with the Mike Santana stuff and uh, him going with Ortiz. Maybe we'll get a They were trying a bit, and um, I think they could have done a little bit better with the whole acclaim and the Billy Gunn stuff because I felt like it wasn't as big of a deal with other things going on, but they tried. I think they just need to get a lot better at storytelling and actually really, like, Getting some promos in there, getting some actual segments in between matches, because like a pay-per-view, I do enjoy the shows, I do think the matches are really good, but when you have a pay-per-view and it's just match after match after match, no real 
shenanigans, no real segments in between it. You really just burn out your crowd fast. It'll really be excited for matches, but you need some stuff to make you laugh in between, make you feel something. And sure, the wrestling can really, when wrestling is really good, it'll make you feel good, but I like a little bit of a mix of what I'm watching with good matches and some either really good or just really bad storytelling. Either which way, you're going to get some sort of reaction. And I will say, um, I watch NXT tonight, and I'm going to briefly touch on it, but NXT, man, uh, Joey's been saying that's probably his best show that he's watching right now on a weekly basis. I, like I said, I'm not really a weekly watcher of wrestling as of late just because of timing, and I just don't care as much. I decided to give NXT a try just because No Mercy is this weekend. I was like, ah, I was actually thoroughly impressed. There's some good matches there. And they have, like, random stories going on, whether it's the stuff with Tiffany Stratton, the whole stuff with the Chase U going on, or with Tessa, I believe is her name, um, the little thing that's going on between Trick and Mello. I mean, there's so much that they have. I'm like, all right, Tony Khan, you know, you, you made NXT switch to Tuesdays when you guys were battling on Wednesdays. They obviously revamped it all and yada, yada. Maybe you can learn a thing or two about how they book a show because I was... You know, for the most part, I was entertained. And I could say I was, I'm was i definitely more entertained than when I've watched the Raw or SmackDown as of late. So I will give it to NXT. Shawn Michaels is doing a great job down there. So uh, there's that. That's, uh, that's my talk on NXT. Go give it a watch if you haven't already. Joey has mentioned it. And it's for someone that's turning into the only pay-per-view kind of guy when it comes to wrestling. I, I agree. Go check out NXT. Um, to talk about WWE still, last week, there was a lot of fucking releases. It all happened on Thursday, which is kind of crazy to think that it happened the same day that WWE announced they signed like a billion dollar deal with USA NBC with the whole rights for SmackDown and just how things are going to be for their distributing rights within that. They made so much money off of this deal and they released so many people in one day, which was shocking, you know, to start off, like, it was originally Mustafa Ali, he tweeted, hey, I'm longer with WWE, and it really got me, because I'm like, wait, no, he just said I'm no longer with WWE, and then people started saying, no, read the tweet again, like, he, he, he did that on purpose, but then he was like, no, actually, my bad, I just had a mistake, I'm no longer with the WWE, started with Mustafa and it went down so quickly to a lot of wrestlers just being released from Rick Boogs, Dolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, Redick Moss, Emma, Aaliyah, Elias, Top Dollar, Dana Brooke, Mason Mansoor, Quincy Elliott, who I am happy about because I've heard only negative things about the person that is the character of Quincy Elliott, my boy Shanky, uh, Eula Leon, Dabakato, Bryson Montana, Kevin Cortez, Daniel MacArthur, Alexa Gray, Brooklyn Barlow, Ikaman Gyro. I'm just now I'm pronouncing names hardly, but these are a bunch of people I just don't know that are NXT people. Um, Abul Abdi Fitzgerald, Matt Riddle, and Melina Berzinski. Um, she was recruited in the Performance Center, never uh, made her in ring debut. Uh, just shocking amount of people i mean some of the biggest ones dolph ziggler has been with the company since 2000 and what five six he was a caddy at one point he was in the spirit squad he obviously became dolph ziggler and he was just 
He's been a part of WWE for so long. And they got rid of him. Shelton Benjamin, another one who's been for the company. Sure, Shelton was released at one point, and then he came back. But, wow, they really got rid of him. Elias, who, I mean, they had this whole thing with Ezekiel going on the other year. Um, I mean, Top Dollar was recently brought back, and now he got released again. You still got a B-Fab and the other dude. But, no, they got rid of Top Dollar. Uh, Shanky, poor guy. He was just having a crazy match against Gunther. Now he got released. And Matt Riddle, who is controversial with his own stuff going on with his wife, his family, with other women being an abuser. You know what? I um, you know, I will give Matt Credle, Matt Credle, <laughs> Matt Riddle his dues when he's a cool in-ring performer. He could really put on a match, but the person sounds like a piece of shit and uh, rightfully deserved. If he's getting released anyway, maybe he'll fucking fix his shit. Same thing with someone like Quincy Elliott, who I heard some shit about. I mean. If you got to have controversy around your name at some point, maybe you got to be looking at yourself and be like, am I doing the right thing? But um, going back on these releases, wild to think this happened on the same day that WWE announced a giant deal to the company. But then also, I look at it like this. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, I do understand the people that were released here. I mean, for the most part, besides just recently Mustafa Ali, who's supposed to have a, who was supposed to have a match at No Mercy this Saturday, now that's going to be Trick Williams and Dominic, none of these people were really doing anything of quote-unquote importance to the show. They're not really leaving a giant void into the current day product of what WWE has done over like the last couple of months, to be honest. Like, sure, people like Dolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin... Fucking top-tier talents, easy first ballot Hall of Famers right there. But they haven't been doing anything lately. So when I look at that, I'm like, okay, that makes sense for all of these people that are on this list. But man, on the same day you make a giant fucking deal and announce it, you release all these people. It's just shocking to me. And uh, and these are one of those things where even Matt Cardona was kind of saying, hey, this is a blessing in disguise. There's tons of work out there for you. I want someone like Mustafa... Don't put him on AEW. It would be cool if he had one or two off matches there, but he'll just get lost in the fold until Tony Khan knows how to get other people to help him book a match. I mean, book a book a whole show. But Mustafa would do great in New Japan. Impact. I think Dolph Ziggler could also do the same, but man, I do kind of wish he would go to AEW just to maybe see what would happen, but I don't want him to get lost in the shuffle. But we could get a daddy ass and Dolph Ziggler match. That would be kind of fucking cool. I am very excited for both those men to maybe be hitting the indies at some point. Love to see what Shelton Benjamin does. He could go back to New Japan. He could do a lot of things. Let's see what happens with someone like Elias. Emma was with Impact before she came back to WWE, so it would be cool to see if she could go there. Matt Riddle, I hope he gets some fucking help and fixes himself and, you know, does stuff to maybe get him on the indies because he's a really good performer, just kind of not the best human from what I've uh, heard from, you know, the sheets, obviously. But, man, it is kind of crazy to see all these people released. And I felt like, you know, throughout this year, we never had a really big release until now. The last time I could think of a big release was, you know, when they got rid of Braun and all that stuff. Maybe I'm just mistaken, but, man, giant release, a lot of names there, but... I, I keep saying we're not in a wrestling renaissance quite yet, but we're in a resurgence where there's a lot of options out there. There's plenty of things to go 
and try out. So I hope to see a lot of these people do something. Rick Boogs is a fucking cool dude. I loved his character. He was someone that was saying, yeah, if Vince wasn't gone, he'd probably still be there. Same thing with Mason Monsoor. I've been watching what they've been doing. They released a video of showing, like, of pitches that they gave to WWE. They, like, shot them in a day and tried to, you know, see if they could get these characters. It didn't work out. They're also someone that believed that if Vince McMahon was still around, that they would have a better opportunity because Vince apparently always wanted a male model kind of gimmick. And, you know, it didn't work out. And, you know, there's pros and cons to stuff like this. You know, I do agree that, like, characters like Rick Boogs, Mason Mansoor, when they were the models, um, there's some really good appeal to having that on there. Sure, it's not your your five-star matchup kind of quality, but it's entertainment, and that's what we're kind of losing out on stars like that. I hope someone like Mason Mansoor, I hope they're, it sounds like they're going to be booking together, booking individually, so from what I've seen on Twitch, they're really funny, they got great chemistry, I hope the best for them as well. Um, but yeah, man, incredible stuff from them. And yeah, WWE releases a lot of people just to then today. Well, I'm recording on a Tuesday, but on Tuesday, September 26th, we were announced that Jade Cargill is officially with WWE, the second biggest name to come from AEW and go to WWE. First, it was Cody. Now it's Jade. We know that Jade and Cody have a great relationship. She was in an interview that drops tomorrow or apparently is already out now. Um, and she basically said Cody was one of the people that brought her there. One of the reasons she went. And I get it. I mean, also, when you look at someone like Cody, you're like, sure, have you finished the story? No. But he's been treated very well. And for someone coming from AEW to WWE, even if they already had the WWE you know, name beforehand, they're treating him well. Sure, you can say he's lost momentum or not. I don't know. Whatever you want to say about that. It's clear that, though, for anyone in AEW watching what they've done with Cody, there's poss- there's possibilities out there for them. And Jade, they are making her seem like a very, very big deal, which she is. She is a star. A lot of people will say AEW doesn't know how to make stars. They only know how to take WWE stars. But clearly Jade, is this stock is this high because she came from AEW and she was already so big. She had the longest undefeated streak on AEW, the longest reigning champion in AEW, and now she's with the WWE. She went 60-2, and two, I believe. I could be a little bit wrong. But she fucking killed it, man. Jade Cargill is a star you just look at her and it's like just look at her i mean you walk there's a presence behind her that is a star in the making i personally am excited to see what she does in the performance center hopefully they help her with promos but you can always attach someone on there but i hope that they can help her with the mic stuff and I hope that they could clean up her in-ring stuff. I was sitting here today because I do think Jade is a fucking big deal for them. This is huge. Um, but I always think, I'm like, you know, I, I a lot of people are saying they're going to put her on Raw. They're going to put her on SmackDown. With this much hype that they've put around her on social media, ESPN dropped the news first. So, like, you know, it's been announced everywhere. There's so much talk. In the first couple of hours, it got like, what, 7, 10 million views on Twitter that this post about her signing to the WWE. It's a big deal. I personally uh, just hope that she cleans herself up in the ring a little bit. 
it's hard to say that when I'm not a wrestler myself, but I would just enjoy it a little bit more for, you know, her work rate, blah, blah, blah. I sound like such a nerd just saying it, but, you know, I will say there was a little bit of a drop off for me as a fan when watching Jade come out to the ring and then she actually wrestles. Like there's a little bit of a, of a little bit of a spot where I'm like, okay, this could be better, but obviously who am I to say? Besides a guy that just watches pro wrestling. Um, I will say I, I recently um, watched her match against Christette Lander, her last match, which was on Rampage the other week. And I thought that was a really good match for her. I'm like, all right, she's doing it. She could, you know, she's clearly been training on the off time that she's been gone since losing the title. And I'm excited. I think with the help of WWE on the talking, on the wrestling and all that, they can make her even better. Because, sure, a lot of the times, like, you know, a lot of things you can say about Jade is, like, a lot of the people she beat were just, like, jobbers anyway, which can be true. She did beat some other people in the mix, too, that you're like, all right, that that's more legitimate to her. But I think that no matter what, Jade Cargill going to WWE is a big deal. And, you know, a sign of maybe more things to come. We could possibly see Ricky Starks, another Cody guy. Maybe go down to WWE when his contract officially ends. Obviously, MJF is always a conversation. Um, and now there's conversations of who's going to go to AEW. It keeps, I keep hearing the rumors on Edge. I know Christian is out there. Maybe he's really you know working him to do this. We got, we got the possibility of Edge. And, of course, maybe Mercedes at WrestleDream. Maybe both of them at the same time. When AEW brought Brian Danielson and Adam Cole the same night, I fucking lost my shit. But, yeah. Jade, Gar- Jade Cargill, the second biggest name, but technically the third person to go to uh, WWE uh, from AEW because today on NXT, there was a teaser for Brian Pillman Jr. They never officially said it, but they had a guy turn on a TV. He's watching the Bengals. They pass by him with a very blurred image of the person, and they're wearing a Tiger shirt. And then they turn on WWE Saturday, I mean WCW Saturday night. I imagine it must be Brian Pillman Sr. So then, of course, this person has to be Brian Pillman Jr. I know a lot of people are excited for that. I personally, uh, I, I'm neither here nor there with them signing Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, I always thought the name just himself, because obviously namesake from his father is a big deal. Would I want him to be like his dad? I don't know. I haven't experienced enough of Brian Pillman Sr. to really say that. You know, I I made a joke before. Lunatic Fringe is up for option. I'm sure that they have that. They could always make him a crazy off-the-handle dude like uh, they tried to make the character of his dad. So who knows? But it would be great to see what they've done with Brian Pillman Jr. when he inevitably makes his NXT debut, whether it's this weekend at No Mercy or maybe at a NXT show. But... Martin Pillman Jr., Jade Cargill to WWE. It's official. But, man, Jade Cargill is WWE. This is going to be big. I think maybe they, you know, they work with her in the PC for a bit. And then Survivor Series maybe. Like, you know, who knows when they're going to drop the gun and uh, pull the trigger. I mean, I'm just trying to think of words uh, on when she pops up. She very well could be on any of the brands. She did, uh, someone asked on Twitter, do they, uh, or was it during the interview? I don't know. Someone asked her, hey, where are you going to be? And she says, uh, you know, is the brand, they asked, are, is the brand official of where you're going to be at? And she's like, yeah, we know where I'm going. So now you just got to wait and see because you never know what network I'm going to pop up on. 
I could go either which way, so you just got to watch and see, which, hey, part of the reason why I watched NXT tonight, besides No Mercy, I'm like, do they show Jade Cargill? Um, either which way, they've made her so big that I think it makes sense to put her on a Raw or a SmackDown. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of all I got for now. That's kind of our show. Like I said, we got two shows going on this weekend. Saturday, we got WWE NXT No Mercy. Then we got AEW Wrestle Dream. Wrestle Dream looks like a stacked card. There's a chance that Joey and I will be doing a preview for both of those shows that will hopefully drop by Friday or Saturday. We'll see. But besides that, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what I said. Sorry if I'm a little, uh, you know, off. I'm a little sick. But hey, episode came out. Hope you enjoyed. As always, follow us on Twitter, WrestleBuzz with three Z's. WrestleBuzz for three Z's. On Twitter and Instagram, at WrestleBuzz. Just two Z's there. If you care about anything I say, go check me out on Twitter at JoeBro underscore 316. And then, uh, then you got me on Instagram. That's Project underscore Kayfabe. Um, oh wait, I lied. My Twitter is JoeBro316. <laughs> Anywho, go check that out. With all that being said, thanks for listening. We are out. Watch your pro wrestling, and uh, maybe we'll see you soon. Peace.